The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. I am Mark Giannato, the sports columnist at the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer and uh, producer extraordinaire, Jason Munns. We are back from the bye week. Did you guys enjoy your bye week? It was nice. It was a nice break from everything, I'll say. It was fun. Did you do anything special? No, I just enjoyed it. I forgot it was Halloween weekend, so I just relaxed, watched some football, and then I realized, why is everybody wearing costumes? And Oh, yeah, it's Halloween this week. I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was nice to get a, a bit of a break, a slowdown, I guess. Maybe not a break, a slowdown. Oh, yeah, and actually, I cooked breakfast instead of go to brunch, so that was pretty cool. Nice. I mean, get to do some stuff in the kitchen, you know, all my fun time. Cool. Well, let's hope maybe Memphis football can dress up as a winning football team down the stretch. <laughs> um, they've lost three of four. That was cold. That was cold. It was mean. But they I mean, they are probably going to. They're they're going to turn things around. I think no over doubt. this next these next few weeks. Yeah. Um, they're four and four, but they've got at ECU a place. Evan, I think you said when when's the last time they won at ECU? Two thousand and four. Wow. So mm. I was in high school. Um. Have they played every year since then? No, they just started playing in 2017, but they've been playing each other since then. Okay. Gotcha. So 2004. That's wild. For a long time. When Kanye West was actually a rapper we all liked. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's how long ago it's been. <laughs> well, it's funny, at the press conference yesterday at the at his weekly luncheon, Mike Norvell was talking about how, I mean, ECU did play UCF pretty tough the last time out. Yep. Um, last time they played. Um, their defense is apparently a lot better than it has been in recent years. They've got a new quarterback. What's his name? Do you know? Uh, I don't. It no. was a true freshman, I think. Yeah, true. They just switched quarterbacks. So, it you know, this Memphis team has not won a road game yet. So it'll be an interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can finally you know get that first road win at ECU. But you look at the schedule and you got at ECU. Then Tulsa, who's a one-win team right now, um, at home. Then you got at SMU, which looks like it will be, you know, I don't know, tough game is not the right word, but just given how Memphis has played, it's not going to be an easy win on the road against an SMU team that has played some, they're kind of like ECU, they have a bad record, but they've played some teams uh, decently well. And then you close out with Houston, who I thought, looked better than UCF in beating USF the other day. Like, to me, Houston looked like the best team in the conference when I was watching them the other day. I don't know if they are, but they looked like it in that game. Um, but, Evan, I have this is my question to you. We're sitting at 4-4. Four and four. What does this team need to do to finish strong? What needs to change? Like, what do you need to see out of this group, whether it's offense or defense, for this team to close the year strong? Well, if we could wave our magic wand, I would like to see this defense just magically remember they're a deep team and they're experienced. I would like to see them tackle better. I'd like to see them um, just look like a defense we thought they would be. Just play better, avoid the big plays. I think that's going to be the big thing because in this stretch where they've lost three or four, I believe they've given up 11 
plays of 40 or more yards, and that's got to stop. They can't do that anymore. So I would like to see this defense look better. I'd like to see the offense kind of, you know, not lean so much on Daryl Henderson. Granted, they're going to have to because obviously Henderson is having such a fantastic year, and we want to see Henderson get as many yards as he can. But I'd like to see this offense, you know, find some balance again because what made this offense work so well last year was they were balanced. And I'd like to see Brady White be more comfortable and show his comfort with the offense a little bit more. But honestly, I mean, we see what we see. I mean, Mark, you you probably have a better thought on this, but what what do you think needs to happen these next four games? Well, it's funny because I think they'd argue. I think Memphis might be the only team in the country with a receiver over 600 receiving yards and a running back over 1,100 yards or 1,000 yards right now. Um, so they've been balanced overall, just not in games that matter. Um, like they just, that's the thing that's so weird about this team is like statistically, I mean, I'm looking at it now, they're like eighth in the country in total offense, but I don't think anyone would make the argument that this is the eighth best offense in the country. Um, because when it's actually mattered, this offense hasn't really delivered. And it's the same thing with the defense, the defense, like we said last week, is actually statistically Chris Ball's best defense since coming to Memphis, um, which I think speaks volumes about his tenure at Memphis, especially because they're not creating turnovers this year, whereas in previous years they were creating turnovers. Um, yeah, What I'd like to see out of this team is just some some form of consistency. I mean, they haven't, you know, and at the same time, these next three games, even if they win them all, It'll be nice. They'll be seven and four, but to me, they're not going to be able to prove anything to like the people who have who doubt them now, and not even doubt, like just kind of have turned off a little bit. You know, like this team is kind of just with the Grizzlies going on, with Tigers basketball starting up. The fact that this, even though you know four and four is not the end of the world, and you know five ten years ago four and four is you know, like if this is like this, if this is like your down year, it's not like the end of the world for this program, given the progress it's made. But for them to actually matter, it, it nothing's going to to me, nothing they do is really going to convince me that they've turned it around. And unless they do it against Houston and beat Houston in that last game of the year. Um, but at the same time, I think there's enough pieces coming back next year that you'd like to see. You know, like I'd like to see the defensive line be better. Like they they've had moments. Like John Tate's had some moments where he's been a, but the defensive line has not been dominant at all. And I'd like to see against some weaker teams here. Some I'd like to see them kick the crap out of ECU and Tulsa. You know, I don't want to see it be like a, the South Alabama game right. where even though you win by seventeen, it just didn't feel good. Or the UConn the, game didn't start. I mean, that right. was that was. Yeah, but at least they, you know, by the end they kicked the sure, crap out of sure. UConn. But yes, but I you'd agree. like to see bell to bell. Yeah, you know? I, I like to me. I want to. Yeah, I want to see a consistent effort. And they've talked about that. They have not put together like yeah. a full game this year, right? As a, as a team, and so like to me, these next two games are about kicking the crap out of these two teams. And that to me, if you do that, then maybe you can feel better about the progress this team's making. Because right now, what what's most concerning to me is that this team is, tr- to me, the quality of play is trending in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, obviously they've lost three or four, but just what you're watching, you know, you take out that first half against UCF, and, like, other than that, 
they've played like garbage the last four games for the most part. Part of I mean, the UConn game is like, you know, I guess they played okay in that game too. Yeah. I mean, part of that I feel like is also competition. You start against Mercer. I mean, Navy, you throw that kind of out the window, how they played in that game because it's on the road and it's rainy. Um, but, you know, I mean, they, 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 they had a soft schedule, you know, relatively speaking in the first part they of the season. They have a soft schedule. Right. Well, that's overall. true. I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's, a good that's point. what, that's why this four and four feels like it does is yeah. because the schedule is not very good. Yeah. And you're still four and, you're and still four. Only four, and four. That's why, you know, if they were four and four and it was a, you know, say there was like the Missouri loss plus like another good, they say they had lost to Houston already and they were four and four. Like, I think it would feel a lot different than it's them losing to Tulane. Tulane right. You know, that Tulane game really is the one, you know, like the UCF game. Yes, it was bad. The UCF loss hurts just because of how it all played mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you lost by one point to a team that's won 20 games in a row. And then the Navy game, you should have won, and you blew it. Um, and you kind of blew the UCF game. But the Navy game, to me, you really blew it. You're up by 12, what, 12 with 10 minutes to go or whatever it was and against a team that's now 2-5. and five. Um, right. and then But the Tulane game really leaves a sour taste in your mouth um, looking back because that's sure. not a good team. No. Um, just like these other, these next two teams are not very good. Right. Um, so... Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think these are. This is a big stretch for Brady White too. You know, if he wants to be the starter, the, un, you know, if he wants to be the long term starter for this team, I think he needs to play better. I don't think he's going to lose his job this year, but if he can, if he continues to play the way he's played so far, where it's like, you know, occasionally looks good, and then against, you know, when it really counts against good teams not really rising to the level of the competition. Like he's going to have to deal with a quarterback battle. Mm-hmm. Actually, he probably, no matter what happens here, will have to deal with a quarterback battle. But to me, he needs to establish, they need to establish what they are under Brady white over these next four games. Cause what's crazy to me is eight games in other than Daryl Henderson. I don't really know what this team is on either side of the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, and the good news is Daryl, it sounds like has practiced all during the bye week. Though he missed the Missouri game, he's going to be back. Um, I'll be interested to see what his workload is going forward because he touched the ball 30 times against UCF, and then you saw against Missouri, he comes up lame with a you know a leg injury of some a leg tweak, as Mike has called it. <laughs> Norval, he won't he won't say what uh what body part it is. He's got a leg. It, well, yeah. Henderson said today it was his leg bothering him. We have that. It's his leg. Yeah. Okay, he's got a leg. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, yeah, tweak. A tweak. It's just a tweak, guys. Um, but he nicked he's nicked up. Yeah. But that's good news. And like, you know, something fans should be aware of is there's a good chance these are the last four or five games Daryl Henderson will be in a Memphis uniform because, you know, I don't know where he's projected the NFL draft right now, but if you're a running back, a running back who's had some history of some nicks and bumps you know, I don't think I if I was advising him, I don't know if it's the smartest move to come back for your last year of eligibility, given what you've shown on the field here this season. Um, I don't know how you're going to outdo what he's done right. this year. So that's something to be aware of. And, you know, so I don't know what what are your impressions of, you know, what what we we talked about this last week, Jason, and I'm curious your thoughts. 
just what to you would rec- represent a success at this point? Can can this season be deemed a success in any way, in, in some form or fashion, with how this plays out down the stretch? You know, is there is there a situation or scenario where you would be like, you know what, they ended up having a pretty successful season? If you, I feel like if Memphis wins out, mm-hmm. they get to eight and four. Um. It's it's really hard to sneeze at that. You know, you you play who's on the schedule. They don't control who's on the schedule necessarily, not the football team anyway. And so if you get to 8 and 4, you have you know, it's 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 really nothing to sneeze at. Um and at this stage of the game, I think that's what you have to do when you only have bowl eligibility left to play for. I mean, you can't win a division. You Technically can't. they're still in the mix for the division. Technically there there is a scenario in which they could win the division. Houston if Houston loses two of its next 3 and goes in and then Memphis wins out and I think Tulane's got to lose one more and does Navy have to as well? Navy's lost 3, I believe. So they're Yeah, but not, they got to lose one more. Yeah, they got to lose one more, but there is a So it's it's not impossible. It's, it's not impossible. They're not mathematically eliminated from winning the division. Yet. Well, that would be a success. I would think that would be a successful yeah, well, season. I don't think I think the way Houston looked against USF, I find it very yeah. hard to believe they're going to lose two of their next three games. I'm with you, but um, yeah, so that kind of goes back to what I'm saying. If if you know, realistically the only thing left to play for is bowl eligibility and pride, then there's still that left to be salvaged. Well, they're going to I mean I'm going to be real. If they don't go, if they like if they're not 6 and 4 after the next 2 weeks. For sure. Like it's a disaster. They need to I win mean, out. As it, it should be. Like yeah. they, like I can see them losing to SMU or and I can see them obviously losing to Houston. They lose one of these next two, then it's like, whoa. Like yeah. whoa. Then there's like a, you should be getting to 6 wins no matter what. There there to needs me. to be a giant mirror wheeled into that field house and everybody needs to look in it if they lose either one of these next two games. Yeah, well, they they said they needed to look in the mirror after the Missouri game. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think we'll see a good effort from them against yeah. I think they're going to kick the crap out of ECU, and I think they're going to kick the crap out of Tulsa. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more, um, but wanted to, to touch on a little bit, kind of go back to the ECU quarterback situation. Um, Holton Ehlers. Ehlers? I uh, don't know how to pronounce it. Holton Ehlers um, threw for 406 yards uh, against UCF. Uh, true true freshman, I believe he is. Uh, 406 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He was sacked three times. He also ran for 69 yards on 27. Ooh, that always gives Memphis trouble, those on running On 27 QB. attempts. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, yeah, oh. so he actually gained 92, and, uh, you know, so the net was 69 after those three sacks. But um, so you got a, a dual threat there. But I wanted to. They've also. Uh, give me two seconds here. Um, other quarterbacks who have played: Reed Herring has played uh, in six games, and Kingsley Afidi has played in four games. It wasn't that long ago. You guys heard the name Gardner Minshew? Yeah. Bandied about Washington yeah. State. Started two games for East Carolina in 2016. Imagine where they'd be if they had that young man uh, in their in their fold right now. Uh, but they don't. Um, well, it's and, funny. They're top sixty in both total offense. They're top sixty in total def- total offense and top fifty in total defense in the country. Like statistically, 
they don't look like a two and seven team. Kind of right. just like how exactly. Memphis statistically doesn't, doesn't look like a yeah. four and four. Team. Wait, right. two and seven or two and six? They're two and two and six, I believe. Got it right two here. Two and six, probably. Two yeah. and, yep, two and five. Two and five. Excuse me. Two and five. Two and yeah. Five. So maybe this is a trickier game than we're than we're giving it credit for, especially with how Memphis has looked recently. Well, I'll, I'll throw this one more stat out. That's kind of crazy. Like we mentioned, ECU's total offense. They've scored sixteen total touchdowns this year. Daryl's got 15 by himself. So they've put up yards, but they're not scoring. And that's pretty much the name. Say of the that game. again. ECU has 16 total, oh, okay, okay. 16 total touchdowns as a team. Daryl Henderson has 15 by himself. That is wild. So the total offense that I was looking at the other day, I was like, you know, they're putting up yards, but they're not scoring. Right. So, here, here, here's why. I just looked it up. You know who has the worst turnover margin in the entire country? <laughs> ECU. <laughs> so go. maybe this is a game where Memphis can break out the robe. Um, it would be, it would be a uh, what's the what's the phrase I'm searching for? Like it would be it would be timely. It would be something we haven't seen in a while. Welcome, yeah, welcome, uh, welcome uh, return. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, they have a minus twelve uh, turnover margin. They have who's next? Who's next worst? Actually, surprisingly, well, so so, it's they rank this by per game, but oh. but Rutgers and Tulsa also have a minus twelve turnover margin this year. So the next um, two games for Memphis are against two of the three teams that turn the ball over more than anybody else in the country. No, TCU and Rutgers. Yeah. I, said. I thought you said so, Tulsa. No, it's just DCU. No, 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 no. Tulsa is. I don't know where they're. Tulsa is one of those teams that bl- just blows games in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they've lost fifteen turnovers this year. Uh, ECU and they haven't yeah, created. They've only created three. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that's probably explained some things, the statistics to you. Um, that would explain the revolving door at quarterback, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, that probably. Too. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting. Tulsa has actually lost. 19 turnovers this year so they actually have they, they're they're one of the worst teams in terms of turning the ball over in the country as well so this is these are two weeks where the defense can get right mm-hmm. like this yeah. is this is where i know they're still dealing with injuries and mike's talked about that um you know laundry thomas is still out tito windham missed last the, the missouri game has um, Thomas been out since like game two? Yes. He's been out since game he three. He hasn't yeah. come back. And their safety, and then Josh Perry got hurt in the Missouri game. Tyrus Lindsey, I think, after last year, like, I feel bad for Tyrus Lindsey because he's been put in these positions where, you know, like, I think he's played a bigger role the last two years than maybe he should be. Right. But he gets, like, those, those tight ends going down the seam, like, that struck me. Like, when I watched some of those plays over again like it looked like i i haven't talked to chris ball about it or anything but it looked like like when you talk about a coverage breakdown and assignment breakdown that was tyrez Lindsay. Mm. um but he's been put in a position where he has to play a lot because of these injuries and it hasn't worked out for memphis the past two years when he's had to take on these big roles um and and then you know it doesn't help that the defensive line struggles to create pressure on the quarterback so and then like i said last week situationally they've been a terrible defense unfortunately Mm. so we shall see like i said hopefully they can get it right here these next two weeks starting with ecu 
Um, and hopefully next week we'll be joining you talking about how great they looked against DCU. And, and you know, like, like I said, you know, like Jason said, if they went out and then maybe win a bowl game, like nine and sure. four is actually like, I think I would be like, wow, they look great. Yeah. And like, that's sort of what Mike's teams have done over the last two years that they've gotten, they've progressed as the season's gone along. Well, if we're going to see that this year, it's got to start this week. Yeah. And not only would it, would it help sort of salvage the season or at least in, in perceptionally, it might salvage the season for some people uh, who feel like it, it's salvageable based on the way things have gone, but it, it would also create some momentum. You know, I mean, you don't want to scuffle at the end of the year because that carries over. It could, it could linger, you know, going mm-hmm. into the next year. And so, you know, you, you all, everybody always wants to finish strong and, and if they can, then I feel like, I think, know. I think even if you like, if you lose the Houston game, but it's a good game and you win these next three and then win your bowl game and go eight and five, it would, it would be, you know, obviously it wouldn't have lived up to expectations, but like you said, you could go into the off season feeling pretty good about what you did. Right. Right. So there's still, there's, there's plenty of scenarios here where you can, and plenty of scenarios that seem feasible where you could say, you know what, this you know, it wasn't, you know, maybe the expectations were too high before the season, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Right. If it ends up being like, say, the 2016, where they won eight games, they were eight and five. And then we knew what happened the year, the year after that. Yeah. Although that season ended, there was a sour taste in that one because they got their brains beaten in by Western Kentucky in the bowl game. Like, I actually think the bowl game, if, you know, should obviously should they make it like Mike has not won a bowl game yet at Memphis. And I think that's something he needs to be able to do. Um, that was an incredibly good Western Kentucky team. I saw them uh, firsthand in the Conference USA Championship game. They in Southern Miss. It was a they, they were very, very, very good that year. And and it's insane that they are as bad as they are. Sorry, just got off on a tangent. But yeah. uh, well, it'll be interesting. I'm also interested. In, we're we're recording this on a Tuesday. The first college football playoff rankings come out tonight, and I'm also interested to see where UCF is ranked in that. Yeah, um, I have a feeling. Though they're number nine, they moved up one spot finally to number nine in the AP poll this week. I have a feeling they're going to be lower than that in the college football playoff rankings. They'll probably be in the 10 to 15 range. That comes out tonight? It does, the first one. Um, Interesting. My guess is, and I don't think it's fair, but I my guess is they're going to be ranked because of that strength of schedule, you know. Yep. Um, that they're, they're 127th out of 130 teams, according to ESPN, so... That'll be interesting to see just for the conference sake. Um, yeah. And that's why what Houston's doing is interesting. They moved up to 17 in the AP poll because it's good for Memphis if the conference gets that New Year's Six Bowl. Memphis gets more money yep. if the conference gets into that New Year's Six Bowl. So whether it's UCF or Houston, um, like the only scenario where it would be good for Memphis is if all chaos broke out and Memphis made the AAC championship game and won the AAC championship then they probably wouldn't be the New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Like the conference wouldn't get it, but who would care because Memphis would have won the AAC championship exactly. and that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's something to look out for. Evan will be in Greenville, North Carolina. My, Enjoy that. Yeah, my favorite, note the sarcasm, place on the planet. Um, and uh, he'll have uh, plenty of coverage of Memphis's road game at ECU. And we will join you next week on another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan and Jason. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the game.
A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.